It's time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teals. You can find our group on Facebook. We are also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You know, I'm looking at things to do in early January, and I really, really like music, and I, of course, like pinball, and there's a way to do both. It is called MAGFest, and here to tell us about it, Kevin, always smooth stone. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. What's the Always Smooth? I see that on your Pinholics Anonymous. Where did Always Smooth come from? <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, it was kind of a joke. But if you remember the Keystone beer commercials with Keith Stone, and, it, and they always called him Always Smooth, and somebody was referring to me as a K-Stone, you know, because my name is Kevin Stone, and just for short, K-Stone. And I heard it, and I just said Always Smooth, and then it kind of stuck a little bit, and now it's just kind of a, a joke. I'm not Keith, but uh, it kind of works anyway. And uh, anytime anybody's kind of trying to make fun, either in, in light or if you're trying to be derogatory, I'll take whatever they're doing and make it my own. So if anybody tries to make fun of me in any particular way, uh, I'll flip it around on them. But in this case, it was just in jest, and it was kind of fun. And uh, I can actually get the whole word always smooth in on uh, 10 digit high score tables, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> and, you know, one other thing is funny, though. If you look at my IFPA profile, <laughs> It's a, a screenshot from dialed in, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the TH in, and it's always Mua with two A's at the end. And so everybody was watching that game, started laughing hysterically. And, of course, that's another example of the joke. I, I took it and made it my profile. So, Yeah, we'll put the picture up uh, on Facebook. It's very funny. I knew it was from yeah. dialed in. I was like, that's kind of neat. Well, you can see me literally going, what just happened? You know, why did it stop <laughs> at AA at the last end? You know, I was like, this is not, you know, <laughs> me gaping with a questioning look on my face. It's kind of like those people that say, what's your name? And uh, Kevin Stone, Esquire, or something like that. People always say to me, <laughs> hey, Mr. Teolis, and I always correct them. It's Dr. Teolis. And uh, if you don't like believe that. me, next time you see me, ask to see my Dr. Teolis uh, ID. I'll gladly show you. Oh, I like that. I didn't know that. All right, I'll give you the history of that if you really care. It has nothing to do with pinball. Yeah. But when I was 22, long red hair. Zeppelin freak in college taking radio and I went to the bank to get checks made because I had to pay for rent and things so they said what do you you want to put on your checks and I said "Uh, what can I put they said whatever you want I said Dr. Jeff Teolis PhD so they did and I I got the checks back and the first time ever I had to use a check was I was renting a 21 inch TV and a two head VCR like the bottom of the barrel stuff for our common room so all right I'll rent this and I'm again long hair got a Zep shirt on and I start writing this guy a check to pay for first and last (laughs) rental of this TV and VCR and the guy goes oh you're writing a check I'll need to see some ID and I said I'll I'll go get it I gave him the check and he goes don't worry about it doctor (laughs) oh that's funny I went what the heck so I actually oh, wow. have a bunch of ID that says Dr. Jeff Teolis. And uh, I'm worried on a plane when they say, is there a doctor on the plane? I'm like, uh. Oh, yeah, right. But I can see it now how many people are, are, are basically going to be ordering you checks soon and uh, get rid of the ID. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So it makes me wonder if Dr. Pin is really a doctor, too. Uh, uh, fine. Let me know about that, Mrs. Pin. Is, is he for real or is he just fake like me? Anyway, Kevin, let's talk about <laughs> MAGFest. This is... The first yeah. circuit event of 2019, and in fact, a return to the circuit event, but this event's been going on for quite some time. Yeah, it has. We started, uh, the event's gone on much longer than I've been involved in it. I believe, I think 2015 was the first year that I got involved with them 
to basically piggyback on all the logistics of the show to run a uh, IFPA tournament. And it was really what I call a dry run because we'd already been talking to, uh, actually in 2014, I was the director for the Fairfax Pinball Open Papa Circuit event. And uh, once I discovered a MAGFest, I thought, wow, this is going to be a lot easier, you know, because moving machines and moving 20 to 30 machines into a, a big hotel conference room that has a little tiny elevator, you can barely fit uh, three people, much less machine. Uh, that's Fairfax Pinball Open. It was, a, it was very difficult. We discovered a MAGFest and thought, man, I can piggyback on this and be provided a lot of things. And even even the machines, people bring the machines, for instance, flippers and other banks brings 10 to 15 machines. Uh, they come from all over the place because uh, it's a big show. And people bring their arcade games or pinball machines, et cetera. And I get to cherry pick the best ones for the tournament. And it, it worked out really well that first year and actually got, this is before replay started. So we had uh, Mark Steinman came down, I believe with Anastasia that first year to kind of check it out. And uh, even though both are similar, they have their own you know, primary purposes, but uh, they've been trying to partner in and be kind of a collaborative effort between both events. As a matter of fact, I think one of the reasons that Penberg and replay star, uh, was placed in July, was actually Void MAGFest, which is in January. So they're kind of six months apart because they do feature a lot of the same things. But it, it's very interesting. So we did the Papa Circuit event. You know, we, we kind of received that initial waiver of having a history of three years because once Mark, for, as an example, saw the show, and I'll explain that, it's just, it just huge and it was unique for a pinball tournament, which it really is. And so we did that basically three years in a row. 2018, we were actually part of the Papa Circuit event uh, because they overlapped the Storm Pro Circuit. And Storm Pro Circuit, we weren't part of last year. And I probably would have had to decline it anyway because of the cost. But uh, this year, we are now the Storm Pro Circuit. We are back on the circuit, so to speak, even though from a calendar perspective, we didn't really miss it. We were True, that's a good point. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, so it's kind of odd. People were questioning uh, leading up to it. Granted, I think the fact that we we're so early in the season the first week of the year, I mean, we're, we're talking three days into the year we start. And uh, working with IPA and Josh Sharp, I you know, was asking early, late summer, early fall, you know, whether or not we're going to make it. I was paying attention to all the uh, tournaments that were eligible based on the average points. And I, based on the numbers, I was anticipating most of the European tournaments would, would decline. That wasn't actually the case. I think Germany actually, Germany Open, I think the German Open, I believe, accepted. Uh, but some others didn't. So we did get bounced into it. We were confirmed really a month and a half ago, but I finally got the information out officially a couple of weeks ago. So the timing is a little difficult just because we need to know before it starts. <laughs> you know, three days, you can't get the, the word on January 1st and do it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a big event. The pinball started only a few years ago, really, but this event goes back to 2002. And just to give people who've never been there an example of the size of this, in 2002, about 300 people showed up. Last year, over 20,000 people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing growth. And they've really now gotten to the point where they're they're at capacity almost. They're concerned about selling out tickets um, at the actual show, you know, at the door. So uh, I do highly recommend, and it's on the website, anybody that does intend to come to play in the pinball tournament, make sure you get your tickets ahead of time to actually get into the show. I don't want to see somebody show up, travel, make the effort to get here, and then they can't even get in the show to play the tournament. That would be the worst case scenario. That would be bad. The website is super.magfest.org, and that's how you can get all the information for MAGFest. But, Kevin, you run the tournament, and... I mean, this is a lot of qualifying for this uh, because oh, yeah. it's open 24, 24 hours. hours. Well, in the show, so this is what's crazy. Now, if you go to Replay or really any other show, Louisville is one of the bigger shows I went to. TPF, same thing. They all close at midnight uh, or 1 or 2 a.m., right? Everybody goes back to the hotel rooms, et cetera. 
Access does not close. It's 24-7 from Thursday to Sunday. So what that means is the arcade hall. One of the There's five convention halls at the convention center. All of them are filled. One of them is the arcade department. And that's where we have old game console games, uh, the, you know, you know, Tron, Donkey Kong, Ms. Pac-Man, all of them. Anything you can think of is there, along with lots and lots of pinball machines. We have an area isolated in there with our 10 games and our, you know, our entire pinball setup. But that entire room does not close 24-7. So the first year, I got a little bit too ambitious. And qualifying was literally from, I think, the first day Thursday we started at 4 p.m. It didn't end until 5 a.m. started at 10 a.m., didn't end until 4 a.m., started at 9 a.m., and ended at 4 p.m. I mean, I was dead. You know, I had a lot of people helping, but it was just a little too ridiculous. And you think that people aren't playing that late? I'm telling you, there were still lines for every game at 5 a.m. It was insane. Well, think of the sanctum and people who play 24 yeah. hours straight. So pinball players will do that for sure. And I assume gamers, too. I look at my kids playing Fortnite. I mean, yeah, yeah, 24 hours, what's that? Exactly. Now, the other facet of this, which is amazing, and this, this is what really is unique on the circuit and most tournaments in general, this is a free tournament. And, you know, unfortunately, because of that, we do actually lose some of the uh, higher, you know, skilled players, some of the higher rated players or ranked players because there's no money involved. There's no money prizes. The only prizes that we give out are basically what are called M dollars or MagFest dollars. And those are uh, dollars that are redeemable in the marketplace, which is, once again, an entire convention hall is, is just marketplace with all kinds of wild stuff. Uh, I think one of the years, I think two years ago, uh, some of the M dollars that were $25 value were these really cool medallions, kind of like a uh, pop-up medallion. And Mostly people that won those were basically, this is a great prize. I'm not cashing this in. So it just became something small, but it's really a token prize. This year, Stern Pro Circuit did provide us a lot of translites. And so we are going to be able to give those out as prizes too. But really, there's no big payout that you would expect in a circuit event. So uh, it does diminish some of the, uh, the turnout. Although we had over 120 players play last year, some of the average plays, I think some of the highest number of games played, we had people in the 120, 130 range. Over those 34 hours, that's how many games they played, and uh, that is quite a bit. And so it's unlimited. You play as much as you want. But I do recommend people, the intent is for them to enjoy the show as well, because there's music going 24-7. There's the console and uh, computer gaming convention hall. There's all kinds of stuff going on. It, it's, just, it's, it's outrageous. I think you're even aware of some things that I'm not even aware of uh, when you looked at MAGFest. Here's the thing. The event is at Gaylord National Resort, National Harbor in Maryland. So if you want, again, yep. we're talking about January 3rd to the 6th. As Kevin says, get your tickets in advance because they do typically sell out. And uh, you want to, I mean, the yep. tournament you can get in, but we're, you got to get into the festival. So go online again, yeah. super.magfest.org. And yeah, there are some interesting events. And because this really was a music festival to begin with, there are some cool things. And uh, bringing me back yeah. to my youth, like the Saturday night chip rave and the game audio network guild remix competition the return of the wheel of death with the super art fight i mean those are some titles that have got my attention oh yeah and if you look at the schedule there's an actual schedule and it's just crazy the the amount of things that are going on uh the musical guests uh there's there's even this uh i I know one of the guys that was running the software at outer banks and flippers and he has actually set up this starship enterprise bridge simulator where every station that would be on the U.S.'s Starship Enterprise is somebody sitting in front of a laptop, and they were operating that particular station under the simulation that he's running. So you have your, you know, your weapons, your shields, your navigation, all that kind of stuff, and people are doing this simulation. And this is something he just created. And this is the kind of thing people do with this MAGFest. I mean, they're just bringing all kinds of things all the time. 
there's all kinds of imports from Japan that people have imported as well that you can't find these games or dance music games, things that you just haven't seen in other places. I've seen recently in the last year, Replay started getting a lot of those games as well. So if people have been to Replay and they saw some of those games, that like those cubes that were music games or types of different things, you'll find a lot of those things in Access as well, including additional ones that they just show up and, it, and it's kind of amazing to watch what some of these games are. But uh, they even have, I think, the, the 10 or 12 game pods where you actually get in the game pod and you're playing like some sort of mech, uh, you know, in teams, five against five or something. And it's just nonstop. You know, hopefully this year I can actually make it into the concert hall to see some of the music, but uh, I just tend to be too busy and I miss a lot. Uh, I'm just too focused on the tournament to make sure it runs smoothly. Always smooth. Always, always trying to be. Always trying to be. And that's something I wanted to mention too because a lot of people don't know this, but people that will be getting the the Papa Circuit or Stern Pro Circuit sends out the evaluations for circuit events. A lot of people that attended Outer Banks and uh, the Flippers in Outer Banks, Carolina, will be getting those. And we're, I'm actually jumping on board to help them uh, a little bit to try to help contribute as a tournament director, uh, assistant tournament director. But also we're moving to Never Drains software moving forward next year. So that was one of the last circuit events, very big event that was using manual lines. I know everybody really hates that. And it seems like we've really moved forward in the pinball community and pinball tournaments at large and using systems similar to Cardinal Angeles system. So uh, that is going to be the big improvement next year. Uh, the operator, David Shields, is on board. That's good news. OBX going to never drains. It's, it's great software, and I know MAGFest uses it as well. Exactly. MAGFest uses it. Uh, I mean, so many tournaments use it. It's, it's definitely the most valuable software out there for tournament directors. So that'll be a big improvement for Outer Banks in November next year. And I uh, hope to get a lot of the players back. So describe the atmosphere of this tournament. You talked about Pinburg, and when Mark came to see this, uh, Pinburg, which is six months later, is very similar in a way. The only difference is the match play element. And as much as I love Pinburg, and who doesn't love Pinburg, the one thing that is always a regret is that I never get to see everything else because there's great music going on. There's the game consoles. I never get to do that because I'm busy with the match play, whereas this MAGFest because of the Never Drain software, because of the Herb style, you can go check out the other things too. Exactly. And I think this year we're even going to add the text message system, which Carl has been offering. And so that means is when you have change the line in queue, you'll get a text message. That hopefully will help players really get an opportunity to go play some of the games, see some other things. The other difference between this and Pinburg, Pinburg is very structured, right? You have timed rounds, you play rounds, you play against your, your competitors. Here, this is just open unlimited qualifying. So my intent, which some people do, some people don't, which I'll explain in a second, is to let people play their tournament, take a break, go see the rest of the show, get some rest, get some food. It's 34 hours of qualifying. There is plenty of time to qualify. But then again, uh, other great players like Steve Bowden will say that if you're not playing, you're losing, right? So uh, some players really feel the grind that they need to keep playing. Uh, I'm hoping that, that players can find the right balance to make sure that they could see the rest of the show. And I know a lot of players do. And that's great. And especially not having to be somewhere at a specific time, like 10 a.m., you have to be playing. You can sleep in, go check out some music uh, in the evening. I know Saturday night's big for music. So if you don't make finals, for instance, go check out the rest of the show. There's a lot to see on Saturday night. But we will be having top 24 players in the finals. And then we do a top eight novice. So anybody ranked over 5,000 IPA. Uh, we try to bring in a lot of new players to pinball. If I look at the results, a lot of players that are not ranked, they play there every year. And it's the only tournament they play. <laughs> And some of those have actually started finding pinball elsewhere as well, I've noticed, in some of the profiles. So it's good that we get a lot of people that have never seen pinball or in a competitive pinball format. And that's part of the point, is to try to get more people involved. The Herb style is certainly convenient as far as being able to play at your leisure. 
It depends, I guess, yep. what your goals are. You know, I mean, the match play, you're stuck there. You've got certain times, but you know when you have to play. With Herb, you know when you can play, but Stephen Bowden made a good point. Like you say, always be playing. That's uh, that's tough to do over 34 yeah. hours. So, And especially with the the draw, the attraction of everything else going on at MAGFest. So it's a, it's a fine balance. What do you think is a good balance? You talked about having a break there. What do you think is a good balance for something like a Herb-style so, format? Right. And so what I've done with that is, is I mentioned the first year we went to 5 a.m. That was crazy. Uh, last year, we just went 9 a.m. to 3 a.m. And, you know, on Saturday, and it was 4 p.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, Friday, and then uh, we try to ratchet it back a little bit. I was even considering maybe 2 a.m. this time, just to make sure the tournament directors also get plenty of rest and stuff. But it, it's a tough one, because uh, I just listened to your podcast, I think, with Josh, and talking about some of the uh, the herb format, some of the grind, and that wasn't the intent. My Originally, when we did this, I really thought people were going to play, and then they're going to go enjoy a lot of the show. But then I discovered a lot of people were just playing as much as they could. But a lot of the players, because they're not, they're not dropping money on every attempt, they really enjoy it because they get to play as much pinball as they want. So I think there's a little bit of a balance here with MAGFest compared to other pump-and-dump tournaments where you might drop two, three, four hundred dollars trying to qualify. A little bit more stress with that versus I get to play and if I screw this game up, I'm going to go back and get in line. I might do something in the meantime or queue up while I'm getting by to eat. So I hope that provides a little bit more improvement versus the ones that you're just dumping a lot of money. And if you make a mistake, you feel like that's a dollar, two or three dollars gone. Here, free, no stress get back in line. It also helps with malfunctions, i got to tell you, as a tournament director, because if there's a major malfunction and it's kind of screws somebody's game up, you know, I jokingly, and I don't really mean this in person when I, this happens, but my joke to the tournament directors is, if something really bad happens, just tell them, hey, I'll give you a refund, you can play again, you know, because it's free. So hopefully it doesn't happen on an epic game because that does have an effect, but there are malfunction rules that, you know, allows them another ball if they have a catastrophic malfunction or major malfunction. That is something that is different and unique, and I haven't seen that before. So I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin, about the fact that, yes, this is a long Herb-style format, but there's so much going on. And by the way, you're not paying for entries. So that is a very, very good point and something that's unique about MAGFest. It really is. Uh, especially there's not really any lighting in there. So we we get bright games. It's also very loud, so bring earplugs. And I have earplugs that I give out because it's very loud in there. So again, we're talking about the Gaylord National Resort, January 3rd to 6th, National Harbor in Maryland, with a casino nearby. Don't think Greg Pavarelli didn't tell me about that when he said, are you coming? Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> now you have pinball and poker or, or slots or whatever you want to play. And it's literally, I think they have a little shuttle that goes back and forth. So <laughs> let's talk about the entire uh, DMV zone, if you will, which is DC and Maryland and Virginia, which you're a big part. In fact, I think you're top six in all of those states too. So you got a decision to make in a few weeks for the state finals, which one you're going to go to. Do you want to let people know right now where you're going to play? Well, actually I am the Virginia IFP rep. So you better go there. I jumped on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stuck doing this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, right from the get-go, we decided to uh, alternate between the Northern Virginia area and Richmond. So we've been doing that every other year, swapping back and forth. Richmond has really grown a lot. They have now a collective uh, where they have the uh, private pinball collective in Richmond. And so they have a lot of players coming up. And I, I'd say half the field is from Richmond now. But this year we're playing in Northern Virginia. And uh, uh, D.C. will be playing at Lyman's Tavern in D.C. And uh, I believe the Maryland Championship will be playing at the Volleyball House, which is where one of the original FSPA leagues plays. I think on Wednesdays. I've played at Lyman's. That's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. In fact, I think yeah. that's my first ever tournament win was at Lyman's, ever. 
Oh, really? Oh, that's great. I was pretty excited. It was put on by the mayor. Is it James Daly? James Daly. That's James correct. Daly, yeah. It was a fun tournament. Yep. And uh, you've got some great pinball places there in the DMV zone for sure. So uh, I know you're going to have fun with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you find any difference uh, in the league with the dollar? Did you see more people suppressed? I know there are a few when I look on some of the stats there. I believe uh, effectively everybody was in on it. Uh, that we didn't get any negative feedback. We had one suppressed player, but it wasn't really relate, directly related to that either. Uh, I don't believe it was. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to convince that player to get back into the unsuppressed field. Uh, primarily because I run numerous events, and now one of my my own internal circuit event is using an IFPA filter, and I don't want to do manual calculations for next year. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, I'm trying to convince my my friends get back in line. But otherwise, no, I haven't seen any impact on the on the dollar. I think everybody, if anything, it is it might have even grown some tournaments. We now this year have numerous weeklies and even monthlies now in the area, whereas last year we had I think one weekly in the region. So it's just adding more money. Maryland is one of those super states, and it's it's a big payoff. So people are pretty excited about it, I believe. I think it's been a positive improvement overall. Well, Kevin, you've done well in that area, but also outside that area, too. You've always been one of those guys consistently around the top 100. And I noticed outside of the DMV zone, you've done very well in your history going to Texas Pinball Festival with a, a few yeah. finals appearances. Yeah, it's 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 a great show. If people haven't been, it's definitely one of the best shows to go to now. And uh, the tournament itself had a really bad reputation, as many people know, for quite a few years, which I also played during those years. But the ship got righted within the last two years, There or three maybe now. Uh, their format is very challenging. One interesting caveat related to what we've said before about the grind, about uh, open herb uh, style, for instance, MAGFest. The, the interesting analogy, or say comparison is I found that TPF was just as stressful and spent just as much of my time because you only have 20 attempts on 12 games. And out of those 12 games, there are three banks of four games. You have to have two games out of each of those three banks. Then you have two a la carte games. So you could use two, you have to use two hands, two solid states and two DMDs. The other two can come from any, any one of those three. And I found myself sitting in the hotel room strategizing. Uh, along with other friends, trying to figure out what do I do next, what do I do next, and also waiting, because you want to wait and save a couple at the end to find out what game you need to improve on the most. So uh, I love the strategy involved in TPF, and uh, that's also one of the best shows. So I really enjoy playing there, and I've got my tickets and my entry for this year as well. Good luck at that, Kevin. I've seen you at Pinburg over the last few years. And if you don't see Kevin inside of Replay FX, the big parking lot there right at the convention, there's usually a great tailgate party that you've been a part of, and uh, I might have uh, <laughs> joined you a couple times as well. You might have stopped by there once. Uh, I do believe I dragged you over there once, and yep. it was one of the, the funny times. I was coming back and from somewhere, and I grabbed you and went over there, and there weren't that many people there actually at the time, but about five minutes after Pinberg Replay ended that night, about 40 people showed up, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we have a good time. I've been doing tailgates for football, college football, for a couple of decades now. And uh, we started actually at Papa, where we just set up the tape, brought a grill, got a 192-quart cooler, you know, full of drinks. And, uh, you know, the trick is just making sure you clean up and there's no trash and discretion is used. And people generally don't bother you. So we lost, you know, the uh, once replay moved to downtown, I just found a, a good parking spot with two plugs nearby for Fitbox fans. <laughs> And did the same thing and set up. You know, I had like 10 or 20 chairs and a couple portable tables. And once again, that 192 core cooler with about three cases of beverages uh, that were already pre-stocked. 
another cooler with about 50 pounds of ice to keep it cold all weekend. And uh, it worked out really well. And we probably had 40 or 50 peters there till 3 or 4 in the morning one night, which I don't like doing now because it definitely affected the way I play the next day. So it definitely backed off on that a little bit. But it's a fun time. I think Thursdays now are going to be the only time we really do it because everybody's kind of still talking to all their friends they haven't seen in a while. And everybody's looking at their phones trying to figure out, you know, where am I going to be? Am I making A, B, C, D? And, and that was actually the most fun is because once it gets posted, we're literally 30 or 40 people sitting around and everybody's looking at the phones and all of a sudden everybody's talking, talking, talking and excited about I made A or I'm in B. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, we'll probably limit that to that this year and uh, avoid getting any crazier. And uh, But it's a fun time, fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff, Kevin, you have uh, something that you've been doing for five years now. Pinholics Anonymous. Do you want to explain what that little newsletter is all about? Yeah, so Pinholics Anonymous is, is effectively my website or pinball organization that I created. I actually got a federal registered trademark on Pinholics Anonymous. And all it really is, it started off as just trying to provide information for the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Baltimore, even down to Richmond. It started that way because what I discovered is trying to schedule tournaments as more and more people started organizing events became very difficult. You'd have to go to IPA, sort you know, sort through the, the calendar, uh, identify other things that might not be an IPA tournament. For instance, FSPA, the, the leagues, they have uh, after-season parties at someone's house or an establishment. You want to avoid conflicts. So I started working on a calendar that I call the regional calendar. And eventually I migrated to the website with an interactive calendar. You can choose uh, leagues, you can filter on tournament types. And I even add regional things or PAPA events or IFPA events so people can see what's going on. And that was really the original purpose, was just to provide people a resource, including tournament directors. And, and the other two resources are provided by Knox Anonymous are, one is that quick reference guide for the IFPA PAPA rules. You might've seen that. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, you can go to my website, download it, Print it, laminate it. It's great to have on hand in case you're a tournament director and you need to quickly reference a ruling. And I think Replayer Pinberg even had them printed out on postcards one year. And uh, I worked with with Mark and them to to make sure that everything was okay. And I put the common you know, whatever it's called the common license thing on it. So it's really their rule sheet. But I made it into a quick, quick reference guide. And the other set thing is a machine settings checklist for TDs. Print it off, put it on your machine. You know, make sure the settings are correct, and uh, it just helps with tournaments. So that that was the primary purpose for Pinholics Anonymous, and uh, it has just morphed into really just a, a tool for all players to be able to see what's going on in the region. It's crazy because if you look at the calendar, you can go back to October, for instance. There's literally a pinball activity every single day of the month in this region. You can play in a tournament or a weekly or a league every single day of the month, and so it's uh, it, it's amazing how much the, the DC area has grown for pinball. So the newsletter is something I send out once a month, and it's just a summary that goes out to all the people that register for the newsletter. It's 450 people now in the region, mostly. Uh, it just identifies previous month's winners, all the tournaments coming up for the next two months, a reminder of leagues and when they start. Uh, we have additional things, such as my Pennervention Championship uh, rankings, standings, which is a, a yearly annual circuit event I run with local tournaments in this area things like that, including also the states, the state standings each month. So where players stand in Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. Uh, it's just a good reminder for people in case they don't want to go to the website. So, you know, very simple. Just once again, information resource for all players and TDs. 
Yeah, it's nice. It's localized, and I'm sure uh, the people there in the DMV enjoy it as well. I do, too. I've signed up, so uh, thanks for that, Kevin. And I wish you all the best with MAGFest. I know it's going to be great. It's now, again, the first event of the Stern Pro Circuit. So with a few of the events, as you mentioned, going to Europe and even Australia, you know, there's uh, less and less in the United States and Canada. So this is the first one of the year, and it seems like it's pretty popular with uh, over 20,000 people in attendance and the pinball tournament itself is excellent so again kevin all the best this week at magfest thanks a lot jeff i really appreciate it and uh thanks for having me on this has been your pinball profile you can find our group on facebook we're also on twitter at pinball profile email us pinball profile at gmail.com and please subscribe on either itunes stitcher or google play i'm jeff teolis pinball